This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast, where we talk about Star Wars canon versus legends, uh, what was done in canon, what was done with legends. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Ben of Tamaria. And we are here with our monthly patron chat, and so we have with us one of our $20 tier patrons, Penguin Ninja. What's up? Hello. Hello. Yeah, so what are we here to talk about this month? So this month we are, and I think when we, we had it planned out from last month, we are going to go over our reactions with the current episodes of Season 3 of Mandalorian. So if you have not watched all of the current season of Season 3, skip this episode, or wait to listen to this episode until after you watch the current episodes. We're up to Episode 4? Currently, so yeah, because episode five is tomorrow on Wednesday. You'll hear this on Thursday. But yes, so we have episode four episodes currently that we're going to be talking about. So if you haven't watched the first four episodes of season three, skip this episode or just come back to it later once you do listen, uh, watch those. But yeah, that's let's get into it. So I mean, how how so- does everybody feel about it so far? I think we could really kind of go real deep with this. We could kind of dissect each episode itself, um, do the first two, take our break, and then yeah. do the last two. So, yeah, um, I'll start with the first episode. I really liked the first episode. Um, I thought it was a fine introduction to where Mando is. I don't really have anything bad to say about the no, first I mean- episode. It was pretty good because that's when he goes to Navarro, right? And, yes. Okay, yeah. We see him go to Navarro, deal with the the pirates that were in the town. And I have a theory with that. I have a very interesting theory with the pirates. Because I, I have a feeling we might see, either not in this season, maybe next season, or possibly in the Ahsoka series, a very famous pirate that we all know and love. Yeah, see, I know what you're going to say. And I just have to say 
he is probably dead. You say that, but he's probably not. And you know why? Because Galaxy Edge exists. And the park is set in the sequel trilogy. Hondo Anaka is specifically part of the park and in the comics for Galaxy's Edge. And the comics are canon. Okay, okay, I'll give that. But like, I'm coming up, (laughs) we're we're coming up here. Just like, bear with me. Because I looked this up. Hondo is a week A, week way. Their life expectancy is around the same as humans. Is what I looked up. And so, like, he's not young by the time of the Clone Wars. Yeah, but we also don't know what his age is. That's true, but he's got to be at like at least like forty or fifty, and then he's that's we're fast forward twenty ish years to when he appears at the end of Rebels, which is where we last see him. So he's now like seventy, eighty. Fast forward another like ten years to Manda. He, He's not in his his 70s in Rebels. Are you kidding? That man is old, Ben. He is old. I love Hondo (laughs) Inaka more than anything. And when I saw him him at Galaxy's Edge, it was the happiest moment of my time there. But, well, not second happiest because I got to fly the Millennium Falcon and that will be forever. I can die and I will be happy because I got to fly the Millennium Falcon. Uh, but Honda, like, I love Honda. I do. I love Honda a lot. But the dude is old. Fair. Fair. We'll see. We'll see also, what happens. I, also don't, I would love to see Hondo, but I don't think he's right for the tone of Mando. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking he could possibly make an appearance in Ahsoka. More for the right. fact because we have Ezra Bridger confirmed to be in the show. Yeah. Well, Penguin, what do you think about uh, Mando episode one? Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good start to the season. I also liked how most of the footage in that trailer was pretty much from episode one. Yes. Despite having a lot in it, Pretty much all of it was just in episode one, so it wasn't really all that much. Of, uh, it, it didn't really show too much in in the end. Yeah, that's true. I did, I never thought of that. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. All the footage from majority of um, all the trailers they've done have been primarily was focused in the first and I want to say second episode, and everything else. I mean, you know, was not shown in the trailer or from the trailers. Right. Um, I can't remember exactly what the first, like, do we go to the Mandalorian convent or like, yeah, Mandalorian Den, like- Den does go to the convent um, to speak with the armor about redeeming himself. And that's when mm-hmm. he got the whole quest to go, oh, you need to go bathe in the living water- waters of Mandalore. Okay, right. I'll do that. It's not, but that's not a problem. <laughs> so, and then, you yeah. know, I think that's when we get into episode two. Pretty sure. Yeah. We get into episode yeah. two where, you know, Den goes and meets Bo-Katan again. 
and talks about Mandalore. And then he gets his own droid. I'm so excited to see R5. Yeah. Um, Again, episode two, not a big thing to complain about. Uh, we obviously got uh, one of the biggest drops of probably this Disney era Star Wars. Is that two? I thought that was three. No, that was two. Was Epi- that two? Oh, it was two. Yeah. Because episode three is, we'll talk about after the break. You're right. Uh, but yeah. Well, we got the major, major drop of all things Star Wars in episode two, which yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, like on my seat. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> my dad's looking right. over at me. It's like, what the he- what the heck are you talking? What is what are you freaking out about? It's like, you have no well, idea. <laughs> they're supposed to be for anyone. Well, we're talking, obviously, about the mythosaur at the end of episode two. And they're supposed to be extinct. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but I think I think that is the original mythosaur Ooh. that made the minds of Mandalore. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, even in legends, we don't have barely any information on mythosaurs. We just know they existed in Mandalorians through them in battle from time to time. And only Mandalore, the first and then a few others past him, were the only ones that tamed one. That was it. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything else. So we don't even know what their life expectancy is. For all we know, they could live for thousands and thousands of years. And if this is the... If your theory is correct to where it could be like the original one, uh, that's a whole mind-bending thing. Mm. Penguin, your thoughts on episode two? I I'm definitely interested to see where they where they take the myth mythosaur stuff because I think I think bringing that in later in the season could be really cool. I I also really liked uh, later in the episode when Bo-Katan had the dark saber and showed that despite not i guess not technically being the rightful holder of it she had almost no issues wielding it like din does yep so it it i I, i've always kind of had the theory that since she technically never lost it in like a like an actual challenge because I think Moff Gideon just kind of took it from her I think she is technically still the rightful wielder of it I can't remember because I'm pretty sure do they talk about how Moff Gideon got the Darksaber I cannot remember on the top of my head it was explained in a that book or comic, I thought. Maybe. I know, from what we know from the show, we know that Bo, ta- from Star Wars lore, we know that Bo is gifted the Darksaber by Sabine Wren at the end of Rebels. Mm-hmm. 
and that she wields it for a time until Moff Gideon comes. And I think he wins it from her in a way. Um, there's a great video about how it's not just, it's not like wands in Harry Potter where, you know, you disarm someone and suddenly it swears allegiance to you. It is, you have to claim it. Like when Maul kills um, Pre Vizsla, he not only takes the vault, the dark saber, he also claims the right to rule Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Um, with the explanation of Din, kind of with his struggle with the dark saber versus how Bo Katan, I really, really, really recommend everyone go watch the Rebels season three episode titled "Trials of the Dark Saber." Yeah, because that's um, where Kanan does the lesson with Sabine, correct? Yes, yes. Um, and it talks about how the dark saber is an extension of your own will. Yeah. Yeah, you were frozen for a minute. Hold on. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Something's with my Wi-Fi. I don't know what's going on. Right. Internet's going to... But, so... What the heck? Oh, well. It's an extension... Yeah, it's an extension of your will and your ability to use it is dependent on how sure of yourself you are. Like, so in that episode of Rebels, Sabine starts to be able to actually wield the Darksaber against Kanan when she comes forth and expresses all the things that are true to herself when she speaks her own truth. Where Bo knows who she is. She knows who she wants to be. She knows all that. She might be lost a little bit, but she knows that. And she knows she's a Mandalorian and she knows what that means for her. And she just needed to be reminded a little bit of that. And so that's why she can wield it with one hand and actually fight with it. Whereas Den, I feel very much does not know who he is and who he wants to be. No, I I agree with that. He, I mean, we see it a lot in season two. And we mm-hmm. also see it even in Book of Boba. Like, he doesn't know what... He's just fl- he's just going with whatever. Like, he has no personal goals himself. He just got, right. he just does whatever the children of the Watch tell him to do. And the Darksaber, he doesn't really understand or embrace what the Darksaber actually represents. Uh, I kind of hope that at some level we see like that Grogu at some work embraces his force training and he wields the dark saber kind of bringing it full circle to another force user finally wielding the dark saber again maybe it's tarvis that's possible but i don't i mean i'm going back to the mythosaur um do you think someone's going to <coughs> tame it like either Din or Bo-Katan or who for heck or I mean all purposes Grogu because he Grogu can tame beasts he tamed down a call down a rancor for crying out loud I think that's an interesting concept um I wouldn't be curious. I would be curious if, like, you know, we've set up Mando won the dark saber, and Mando's holding the dark saber. 
but really kind of what the story is set up is that Mando isn't interested in ruling Mandalore. But the Mythosaur appearing to Bo-Katan is almost a sign that she is meant to rule Mandalore. So I think if anyone tames the Mythosaur, it's going to be her. Okay. I can get behind but that. But I do I do think it would be really funny if we get a scene where Mando is riding a Mythosaur and shows up on Tatooine with Boba Fett and his Rancor and just be like, I got you beat. <laughs> What do you think, Penguin? Uh, I, I definitely do agree that I think uh, Bo-Katan should. I think it'll likely lead to her being the leader of Mandalore. And it, it'd be cool to maybe see it start to get repopulated again now that they know that they can actually go back there. Oh, yeah. You mean the planet as a whole? Yeah. Okay. First, I thought you meant Mythosaurus. It's like, there's only one that we know of. How can that repopulate? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that yeah, knowing... Oh, that good point that, that we know of. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's a good... That's a good point. Um, knowing that Mandalore isn't radioactive, it's not cursed. It's just, you know... Yeah, the top layer of it has been completely glassed, thanks to the Empire. But, it's still inhabitable. You can still walk on the planet, you can still live on there. I mean, heck, they had these humanoid creatures that attacked Mando, and try Mm -hmm. to take uh, R5. By the way, I love it's R5, and that is R5-D4 from A New Hope. I love that so much. Right. That hero of a droid is back. But, yeah. Yeah, I think with the Mythosaur and just Bo-Katan leading Mandalore, I just think, and we can talk about this in episode four a little bit, but it's just setting her up to, like, claiming it. And there's a scene later in episode four that we can talk about, but, like, even Bo-Katan's realizing in episode four when, like, oh, I'm a part of this and these people will follow me because of the traditions laid forward. And it's not this whole thing of questioning or politics or power grabbing. It's just, this is the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I really love Bogotan's addition, like inclusion in this season a lot. Um, I've enjoyed her character. I liked her character all the way back when we first got her in Clone Wars. Um, I just love it's the same actress. Right. I just really (laughs) loved her characterization and everything. And I know that not everyone does like her characterization, but I just think that it's just really well thought out and it's really deep for a character who in a lot of ways has gotten the short end of the stick and everything that she's done. Yep. I agree. But anyone else got any thoughts on episode two? I don't. Penguin? Um no. Alright. Well I think it's a good time to take our mid break. Alright. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about things that have to do with the podcast, but not Star Wars lore. And it's here where we thank our patrons, our patrons like Penguin, who help us and support us, and we greatly appreciate that. If you want to go to patreon.com slash holocronhistories, you can join us there. You can sign up at various tiers to getting um, episodes and joining us on the patron chat each month. If you want to do that, you need to sign up at our $20 tier or higher, but you can come and hang out with us at, on Holocron and join us for these great talks. Um, if you can't leave us uh, or you can't join us on Patreon, you can leave us a rating or review or comment now on Spotify. Uh, if you leave us five stars and some kind words, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. Ben, have you? did you have a chance to look through Spotify? I have. I haven't seen anything pop up yet. It's it's weird because it's episode based. It's not yes. by podcast. It's by episode. So um, I would have to sign back in to Spotify to double check to see if anybody left any comments. But I'll have to do that for next week. But yeah, you can actually now comment on an episode and there's a question that's going to be on each episode. It's typically the default question. What did you like about the show? And then feel free to comment, and we, depending on the comments, we'll read out loud on the show. So, yeah. And who knows? Maybe one day we'll start doing questions there that you can respond to and interact with the lore. And it might be a way to do that. that. Is, that's fair. Um, yeah. And so, other than that, I can just tell you to come hang out with us on Discord, on the Cups Podcasting and more, or... The robots radio discord you can find those links in the episode description you can go to our web the website cupspodcasting.com and join the our discord that way but you can find us both on the same names except for ben is ben of kenobi on the cups podcasting discord but you can find yeah, us yeah. there and hang out with us there uh, other than that i think that's all i got Cool. Yeah. And then uh, do want to remind everyone we do live stream these episodes every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Twitch at my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Ben of Tamaria. And I also do live streams for my Wizarding World Lorecast show every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Pacific. But that's all I have to add. But, yeah, let's get back into episodes three and four. All right. So, episode three. I can't remember this one. This one was when... This is the one where they went back. You remember this one. You remember this one. This one... I really liked the first five minutes uh-huh. and the last five minutes. I'm trying to remember on the top of my head. It's, it just came out a couple I weeks ago, right? I think you could call it the Mandalorian. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is the one where we spend most of the episode not with our characters that yeah. we've been following. Oh, following. yes, because it's and, the whole Coruscant episode, which made yeah. zero sense to me until, like, towards the end. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly, <laughs> I remember exactly what right. this is now. Which is a whole... Which is a whole thing. Um, it's kind of a side. I would call it plays like a filler episode. Like if you're familiar with anime terminology, um, it very much plays like a filler episode for me. I'm reserving judgment for it because I want to see how payoff happens by the end of the season. I um, have a strong feeling the things that we saw in that episode will be towards the end of the season. Yeah, uh, I did appreciate some of the Coruscant lore that we got especially about the mountain which we will see again in the next episode mm -hmm. oh, yeah. and yeah. i think that it was interesting to learn about kind of post empire new republic and how it kind of is both good and bad mm -hmm. and people are still people yeah, this episode, I think... sorry, I mean, like, yeah, this episode really showed, I mean, we never got in anything in the films, or really in season one or two, with the New Republic, we don't know, we didn't really get a whole lot of back info, the only thing on the sequel trilogy we knew, like, a lot of planets in the New Republic blew up, other than politics, right. so we didn't know anything, and th this episode had a clear vision of, Hey, this is the New Republic. This is what they're doing, and this is like the politics and this everything. It's like, oh, okay, so it's pseudo Empire Republic, is what I'm catching at. Hmm. Right. Uh, what it intrigued me for a little bit. It does. If you're just watching the four episodes, it feels very out of place with the tone and pacing of the other three episodes. But like I said, I'm kind of in a moment of like reserving judgment to see how it ties in back. Um, but it could also be, you know, sometimes shows like to do this where they focus on other characters in an existing show to kind of see how it's like a test pilot in another season to see how like that will play out. Right. Um, that could have been what they were doing, but I don't know. I don't see Dave Filoni doing something just to test things. But no, God no. That Dave Filoni knows know what the Star Wars fandom wants. So him putting this episode in there with, I mean, John Favreau putting this episode in there. They know, like it's it has a point. It has a point to be taken either somewhere in the line of the season, and I have a very strong point. I have a strong theory that we're going to deal with Moff Gideon again. I I a hundred percent, and I that. think that's what this episode was leading up to. Right, and we know that they're okay. So this is something, and maybe we can talk about. It. And Penguin, feel free to like cut me off and chime in whenever you want. So, the beginning of the episode, we see a bunch of Tie Fighters attack Bo Katan and her home and everything like that. This is an important distinction because if you remember from our TIE Fighter episodes, TIE Fighters do not have hyperdrives. Mm -hmm. 
they have to be deployed from a Star Destroyer or a moon base or a space station or something. They cannot just, like X-Wings, they can't just fly wherever they are because they don't have hyperdrives. So somewhere there is an Imperial Lord, Warlord either on Concordia or on Bo-Katan's planet or some, one of the other moons of Mandalore mm-hmm. that is playing the games. And I think it's Moff Gideon. It's the only thing that makes sense because he was the Grand Moff of the Mandalore sector. Yep, I fully commit that, yeah. My, my like, I, I guess problem with that is he he was arrested by the New Republic, so how how did he get out is basically my question. True, he did, but as, I mean, and so he, here's my theory that comes in with it. Yes, he did get arrested by the New Republic. But, one, we didn't see him actually get taken by the New Republic. There's that. Two, they have that reinstitution thing they have going on with the Empire employees and everybody under the Empire to get re-stabilized into the New Republic. So, okay, yeah, he did a great job. Let's... Let's put him out in the world kind of a thing. And he just goes back to his same shady stuff. Or somehow he was in there and still got, somehow got away or used his influence. Like, I mean, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that could be played into it. And I feel in Moff Gideon is one of those, one of them characters to where he will use everything in his advantage to do what he needs to get done influence power money who knows as we see the new republic isn't afraid to get their pockets put it with credits because we see uh all those politicians going up against the what what's his name the scientist to get cloning which is illegal (laughs) right well it's also a thing of like i am curious about the introduction of the mind flayer machine which you know, if you play D&D, you know, you're familiar with the Mind Flayer. Or even if you have watched Stranger Things, you're familiar with kind of what a Mind Flayer is. They eat your brain. That's their thing about it. Like, they eat your brain. And so it's interesting to me about this electromagnetic pulse. And if you've researched any kind of like there, like the electric like circuitry of your body and your brain is very is a very like fragile system that depending on what you introduce and where it could it's why like sometimes sending a like with an AED sending a shock through your body can help you but you can also it can also kill you um it just all depends on how your body's going to respond to that and so the idea that they're using it to kind of like re um in this re-education thing it almost sounds like this is the precursor to how the first order is going to set up their stormtrooper recruitment yeah that's a good point actually because we know that they do some type of conditioning brainwashing reconditioning like education thing in the yep. first order that is true thoughts penguin 
Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think that is, uh, I think that is definitely a, an introduction of how the First Order is going to kind of come, come to pass, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, if you haven't, you could read the book Bloodlines, which is all about kind of the buttling of the New Republic in the wake of what's happening with the First Order. It's told from Leia's perspective, so it's interesting. But it's, it is an okay book. Interesting material delivered in an okay fashion. Interesting. <laughs> But, all right, let's get to the freshest episode. Oh, my gosh. I, like, we got a pretty good content in this newest episode. And this it's great. Yeah. This is everything that I wanted when they first announced that they were doing a series called The Mandalorian. This episode have it had everything that I wanted in it. So like a bunch of Mandos going on a hunt and being Mandos themselves and training exercises. When I say that I would watch an entire show that is just a group of Mandalorians going through the wilderness, it is not an exaggeration. (laughs) I would absolutely watch every single minute of that show. I mean, what we see, the beginning's basic, wasn't the beginning of the show. So, well, the end, I think it was the end of episode three is where Mando, Den gets redeemed, wasn't it? The end episode, that was the end of episode three? Yes. Or they return back, end of episode three comes back, Bo-Katan has joined the watch. Yeah, so... Mando gets redeemed because he lived in the bathing waters and brought proof, and it was true water from the living waters. And on top of that, Bo Katan was entered into the Children of the Watch because she never took off her helmet. She still she bathed in the mm. waters, so she was honorably put into the Children of the Watch. And then you know, then episode four. We get a a Grogu sparring scene with his with a little paint gauntlet thing, which is like the most hilarious thing ever. Get shots twice, mm-hmm. like dude, do what you need to do, like do what you got, do what you are comfortable with. So he starts jumping around. <laughs> right, it's great. And then we see that then, yeah. uh, we see the hunt with the pterodactyl looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the mandodactyl—that's what I call it. The, the mandodactyl. <laughs> well, I mean, so Vizsla's son gets you know kidnapped by the mandodactyl, and they go on a hunt and track it down because they couldn't get to his nest with their jackpots alone, and track it down, get to his nest, get him, got him alive, took it down, and then when they come back. They brought the three hatchlings with them. 
So what were they going to do? Just let them die I'm, without their mom? True, fair, but like now I'm curious. Is like, so are they going to have like mandodactyls to write on? Mandodactyls. I'm coining <laughs> it now. Hashtag Holocron Histories. Hashtag Mandodactyl. <laughs> It's just like, oh my god, okay, so that's something they can do. And then we see how Grogu finally got away from Order 66. And it was the best possible person to take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, uh, what's his Jedi name? I cannot remember the top of my head. Helloran or something like that. Yeah. Which... If nobody knows, there's a YouTube series you can go watch. It's literally called Jedi Challenge. He's the host of the show. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, that show is semi-canon because they actually canonized his character in that Jedi Challenge show with kids. It's, it's super weird. But if nobody knows, it's the actor of Jar Jar Binks. The My actor best. who, yeah, he played Jar Jar Binks in the prequel series. They brought him back. And re and made him a BA Jedi Master and uh, rescue Grogu from Order sixty six. So yeah, um, Penguin, I just want to get your thoughts before we hypothesize about Jedi Jar Jar, who is now a Jedi and a Sith. Ooh, oh no! <laughs> yes, but what are your thoughts on the episode? I, I love this episode. I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Between uh-huh. the the Mandalorian hunting party going to retrieve the foundling and um and uh the escape scene from Order sixty six. I I this is definitely one of my favorite episodes of the series. So here's a theory, and this is, and I've seen people post this theory all over the place. So it's not my own theory. So he says, Keldar says, "Oh, I have a friend, and we're going to meet some friends of mine." So when he gets Grogu to the landing platform, it's Naboo security guards on a Nabooian oh. ship. Who do we know who wants to help the Jedi and sympathetic with them? Naboo's all sympathetic with the uh, Jedi Order because the Jedi help, has helped Naboo so much. With Anakin, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, all of them have helped Naboo on a major front. But who mm-hmm. do we know in the Senate and who has influence on Naboo to help him out? Yeah, I know where you're going for this. There's a theory we might not only just get the actor who played Jar Jar as the Jedi Master, but actually get Jar Jar in the show. Right. I think... I really think that's a possibility. Now... I also I also think it's also possible that he is a Naboo himself. True. That's also fair. Um, it's a big planet. Their odds are are there other force sensitives, and maybe if you've read the Padme trilogy, maybe his contact is one of the handmaidens. That's true, because the handmaidens were close, very close to the Jedi. Um, if you read the Darth Vader comics, 
you Vader goes to Naboo thinking that he, Padme was somehow still alive and found out it was his it was Padme's uh double uh double bo- uh body double. Doppelganger. Yeah. Uh Sabe. Yeah. And uh yeah, so I think that's a possibility. I think anything could happen. It'll be interesting how how Grogu gets in the hands of the Empire. Yeah, because he was in that bunker-like thing for, you know, God knows how long. And, well, he was in there for at least 20 years. Or he was somewhere within where he left with uh, Kodar to, you know, where he ended up being in episode one of season one. It's like a 20-year gap. Mm-hmm. 20, 20 to what 23 year gap typically right there so and I mean Grogu species we all know can live well over 900 so right so yeah uh, who knows but yeah this episode was great seeing that Grogu gets another piece of armor which is epic it's like oh that's cool he gets a new like breastplate armor that's cool he always wears his little hoodie though <laughs> so you will never see it <laughs> but uh you know as he's like making that armor and the poor kids having vietnam flashbacks you know it's right. just oh god it's so bad i feel so, i felt so bad for grogu but i want to talk briefly about Bo because i really think as much as i love mando and i love grogu and I love all that thing. Her, she has been my favorite part. She like her realization with everything, and like it's coming back to the mythosaur. And it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, like because what's her her family coat of arms is like a, um, the night owl, the night owl, and she asked to be made. Oh well, you she lost a piece of armor fighting the Mandodactyl, so. Mm-hmm. She has to get it. She she's gonna new Beskar made uh shoulder pad, and she asked the armor to make it in a mythosaur skull. To where it's like, oh, can I have a mythosaur on top of the night owl? It's like you're Mandalorian. This is the way. It's like mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, mythosaurs belong to everyone. It's like, all right, cool. Have you ever seen one? What? <laughs> right. I've seen, think, what if you've seen a real one well you're lucky that's it that's all you have to say <laughs> I think the man the armorer very much I very much think that the armorer who she really is under the helmet in Bo-Katan I, I think they know each other that she either was under the death watch under Maul and that explains the horns in her helmet or there's some other connection to Clan Kree's and they know who each other are. I had a brief thing of like, what if she is also Clan Kree and she Ooh. is Bo Katan and Sabine's and Satine's mother? Um I thought about that possibility. I just really think, but like with Bo, like it's just really healing for her. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy that part of the series where she can lead and like really be led because she's been chosen to lead 
and not have people constantly second guess her like, oh, you're only leading because you were in with pre Bizla and now you were gifted the dark saber so you don't have a right to lead. But people saying like, oh, no, you were the one who had this idea. You based on your merit, you're leading this. And so you get the privileges of leading because you've earned it. Yeah, I just really I I love this whole episode and her entire arc. Yes, I I agree. And yeah, this is definitely going to drive a path for her character down the road in this season. I mean, do we know how many episodes are this season? Eight, I believe. Okay, so we're halfway through the season. So when we get to next month, hopefully we'll have all eight episodes and we can talk about the last four episodes of the season. But yeah, I feel like this season is... I mean, and we've seen this so far in up to with the four episodes. Yes, there's been a lot of Din and Grogu content, but there's been well more. Uh, Bo Katan has her un, has enough content of the both of them together, and adding her into the mix, I feel like it's the by the title alone, the Mandalorian. I feel like it's going to be more about multiple than just one. Mm-hmm. with Din becoming, like, eventually, he'll have to figure out what he, he's going to do. And then Bo, I mean, obviously, come into the own of fact of, like, realizing she's, she might be able to lead Mandalore again and, like, mm-hmm. revitalize the planet somehow. I think we have to have a explanation somehow of where the Mandalorians go between this time and the rise of the first order because yeah. why why aren't there mandalorians in the resistance because i don't think they would go for the first order any more than they went for the empire yeah yeah uh i mean we do know john favreau and dave filoni both confirmed uh, the mandalorian will tie into the sequel trilogy at some point so okay. we will We'll, I mean, we'll get that, but as far as like what we get in the sequel trilogy after why they're not there, I have a feeling that just at that point they just don't they just are neutral and just literally stay out of everything. For all we know, they could still be rebuilding Mandalore and they just don't care about anything else. At that point, mm-hmm. like who knows? I mean, from where we're at currently in the timeline, there's at least. 20 to 25 years before uh, the events of A Force Awakens. So, who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's just uh, I, I think at that point, they just kind of want to be left alone. I mean, it's like yeah, leave us alone and we'll leave you alone. Right. Yeah, I mean, they've they've suffered enough under the Separatist attacks during the Clone Wars. They suffered a lot under the Empire, enough to where the, you know their planet got glassed. So yeah, I I would imagine they're just like, yep, we don't care. We're just gonna stay in our little corner of the pocket of the universe. Y'all have your intergalactic war. We stay away. I wouldn't want to deal with any of that crap either. After all the suffering I dealt with, with you know my home world and all that, screw that, <laughs> screw everyone else. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I, if it, you all don't have anything else, I think we can go ahead and wrap up. Um, Penguin, anything you want to shout out or let people know they want to talk to you where they can find you? Uh, I'm pretty much just in the, the Robots Radio Discord and the Cups podcast server. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You can find us there. You can talk to us there. Uh, thank you for listening to the Holocron Histories podcast. And may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.